0: Very Bad Wizards is a podcast with a philosopher, my dad, and a psychologist, Dave Pizarro, having an informal discussion about issues in science and ethics. Please note that the discussion contains bad words that I'm not allowed to say, and knowing my dad, some very inappropriate jokes.
1: I don't know what uh, to say to you, you know? I mean, I see you here, you all look beautiful, and I'm sober. And it's a real strange feeling uh, being sober because I got nothing
0: to do tonight. Welcome to Very Bad Wizards. I'm Eliza Summers from Ireland Performing and Visual Arts Middle School. So, Bella, yesterday my dad watched a video of himself doing a talk in Sweden, and he was surprised to see how dorky he looked. Does your dad think he's cool too? Yes, he always brags about that, and it gets annoying sometimes. When When your dad does do the podcast, are you... Like, are you? do you have to be quiet all the time, and are you, like, banished to a different room? Um, well, no, because I'm
2: usually always quiet. So I'll just, like, go off to the side, and, and either in my room or just play Minecraft. Or I'm usually the one that wants him to be quiet.
0: And... Well, they usually get in arguments, or, so, like, uh, so, like, my mom and I have to be tiptoeing around, but, and then he'll start, like, screaming. And, like, w- what about us? I've never heard that before. Does Does your dad laugh at
2: his own jokes?
0: Oh, yeah. My <laughs> yeah, dad, he, does.
2: he thinks they're so funny. He'll just say, like, um, what's brown and rhymes with Snoop?
0: And then he says, Dr. Dre. And he laughs. I didn't get yeah. it at first. Yeah, no. So my dad, he, he he always likes to do these, like, speeches that are funny. And so if he says something that's funny, he'll... he'll he'll, like, have to stop the speech, and he's, like, <laughs> and he's, like, then like, everybody's kind of chuckling, but he's kind of, like, broken down over how funny he is, and he can't continue mm-hmm. speaking until he's over it. Yeah, same with my dad.
2: He'll just, like, stop everything, and then he'll just, like, start laughing, and then when everyone stops laughing, he'll stop, because it's not funny anymore. Does your dad tell you lies
0: about how cool he is and what he does well the thing about it is he doesn't think they're lies he does think he's cool so um he i mean they may be lies but he doesn't believe them as lies my dad he just
2: tells me a bunch of things like he's a wizard or he is the fastest person alive or he's like sometimes he'll just say i can make a zebra in africa disappear there it's disappeared oh now it came back really proof
0: my dad doesn't do that as much he it's mainly him well it's mainly him quoting movies and being like that's that's like half of our life is movie quotes he doesn't have entirely his own thoughts mm-hmm.
2: i don't know if he does that a lot because i don't really pay attention sometimes i'll just tune out
0: think yeah that's needed a lot in our family is to just kind of tune out until he's done <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I guess since it is their 100th episode and not ours, we should let them, yeah. I guess, talk.
2: Okay. Me Thank well. you, Bella. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: All right. We're
3: taking this podcast back over. That's enough out of you, juror number five.
1: <laughs>
3: That's Eliza's new part. And she went from scout into to kill a mockingbird to juror:
1: Are they ranked by order of lines? Or, like, I okay.
3: know, uh, No, then she would be juror number 11 or 10. She got totally fucked. I
1: know. Why wouldn't we just let racism go so that she could get more
3: lines? <laughs> <laughs> Eliza's acting career matters. <laughs> oh, no. Repugnant. So, here was the question I was going to ask before we had this idea. I'm Tamler Summers from the University of Houston. Dave, it's our 100th episode. I almost thought that was just
1: gonna smack you in the face, and we're gonna to have to cancel the recording.
3: I could have. I realized that, <laughs> that I like I you know normally it takes like I like I'm good at opening champagne, so it's like I, I kind of gradually let it kind of seep out. But but then I I was like oh shit I gotta ask the question, and so it came out. But all's well that it ends well. It's uh pretty good for your third for your third bottle. So tonight, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you said you were going to get a I,
1: bottle, You know, you I, I have right? a bottle downstairs. I'm just, uh, I'm sipping Angel's Envy bourbon right now. Just because I kind of needed to. I knew you were going to be pre-gaming. Yeah. And I hadn't, I
3: didn't have a chance because, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, um, what? Like, you were in the exact same situation that I am, like, with a daughter by yourself right now? Um. Except for that I never have somebody to help me. So, yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: take that i any any very bad wizards uh fans who want to be my nanny please submit your resume to, at peace
3: <laughs> um he videotapes and cries during sex but <laughs> <laughs> it's proof to, it's, it's proof that i cry all right so today we had a lot of grandiose ideas for this hundredth episode it's fair to say right
1: i mean the plans alone were just you know if if, if we had done them <laughs> it would have been amazing
3: <laughs> had we done what we thought of doing brainstorm doing even really intended to do and then just sort of didn't get it together cuz it's a busy time of the semester like this it would this episode could have been great
1: could it could have been great
3: now it's just it's
1: going to be quinti- quintessential but great perhaps <laughs> not <laughs>
3: There are possible worlds in which this was a great podcast. there are simula- white rose simulations <laughs> that are currently running <laughs> that are currently running in which this is a great episode. so what we are going to do is very typical of uh, very bad wizards, and in that way like that 's very that 's nice we We put out a call on Facebook, Twitter, and over emails for a kind of a like an ask me anything. And we got a lot of good questions that we're going to respond to in the second segment. In the first segment, um, we are going to take a quiz. And it's a quiz that was sent to us uh, or linked to us by Felicitas Steinhoff on Twitter a quiz about driverless cars and what they, how we should program to behave in situations that they'll no doubt be facing daily. So we're going to take this quiz, and I, I think it's going to tell us something about ourselves. So this is <laughs> at moralmachine.mit.edu. So I guess it's out of MIT. Are you ready to start taking the, uh, the I'm, quiz? I'm ready. All I'm right. Ready.
1: Oh we'll finally find out what our actual moral beliefs are yes. through
3: this easy this, <laughs>
1: this easy task.
3: The, you're in the way of one of the <laughs> descriptions again. <laughs> you really need to not do that. So hey. all right. So here we have a driverless car with nobody in it and it has two options. It can continue going straight and hit an elderly woman and a small child. Or it can swerve and hit an elderly woman, a man, an elderly man, two boys, and also a cat. <laughs> so this one seems pretty easy. It's going straight, and it could hit an elderly woman and a boy. and then, Or it could swerve and hit also an elderly woman and a boy, another boy, a cat, Cat's not. I don't know what's doing out walking with the boy and an, an elderly woman. Suicidal. So, so you probably should just hit the elderly woman and the boy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm picking given no one. other
1: information. I'm going to be like a freshman philosophy uh,
3: student and be like, "Well, why can't the car just not hit either of them?" Okay, <laughs> here's one where it's again nobody's in the car. It can swerve out of the way. So right now it's headed towards two homeless people, but it can swerve and and then hit a male executive and and just a man. We don't know what kind of man, (laughs) but he's not carrying a briefcase. We don't know for sure that he's an executive, but we know for sure that the guy who's carrying a briefcase is an executive. (laughs) Or it just continues on the same path, and hits the two homeless people. Now It's fucked up, man. I know. So but, I don't, don't but, want but, to say what I'm actually thinking. Because what I'm actually thinking is hit the
1: two homeless people because, because society. But also <laughs> because that's
3: where it was going anyway. Oh, yeah. The default. So you're going with that to make the moral decision. Yeah. All right. We're <laughs> whatever the homeless was gonna... people. Although the executive, like <laughs> fucking banker, that's probably New York. Yeah, he's probably a douche. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just hit the homeless people. Okay. (laughs) Now, in this one, you can just drive. Oh, see, I think we might have a disagreement about this. So, if you drive, you'll hit this barrier. A woman will die and a male doctor will die. So, a woman, we don't know which. uh, These are the people in the car. In the car. Right. Yeah. Or it can swerve out of the way, but then it will hit a dog and a cat. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think you're gonna want to uh, hit the dog and the cat, right? Well, are they homeless? <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> we don't know. I'm assuming they're homeless. they're homeless.
1: This is obvi- this is an obvious hit the animal. Well, it would have to um,
3: swerve though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and if it will kill, I mean, they, I, I don't know why the airbags don't save these people when it hits the barrier, but assuming.
3: <laughs> so this is there's a guy in the car. Well. It's uh oh sorry, there's a homeless guy in the car for some reason <laughs> he will the the homeless guy is in the car he'll swerve into a barrier uh or he can keep going straight and hit an executive
1: um swerve and kill the homeless guy in the car or keep going straight and hit the barrier,
3: so I'm realizing it's, that he's what a car like
1: yeah yeah, yeah uh so I'm realizing that i have i'm i'm um I have some sort of weird moral intuition that being in the car uh, creates an, a moral obligation in the car. <laughs> like, it has a moral obligation to protect the people who are in it. Prima facie. <laughs> Unless other things, all things being equal, the car should protect the person in there. So now I'm willing to say, kill swerve executive. to kill the executive and save the homeless
3: guy. But See, what if that had been a kid?
1: Uh Then, then I think
3: all things aren't equal, and kill the kid. No, Uh,
1: no, save the kid.
3: All right, now things start to get a little interesting. (laughs) A pregnant woman is is in the car. This is this is why we got our one star (laughs) review. Repugnant, repugnant. She's headed towards an elderly man, a large man. Now we're in our territory, right? She's okay. So te- it has a description. What is? Does it actually say large yeah, man in this? Yes, it says a okay. large man. All right. Uh, and a male doctor. So we have an elderly man, a large man, and a male doctor. But wait, there's a, even another little twist here. They're they're flouting the law. I'm quoting now. The pedestrians are flouting the law by crossing on the red signal. So this driverless car can can swerve into a barrier. And and kill the woman who's pregnant, or hit the these people who are, you know, they yeah, shouldn't just, be crossing blat- the street blat- yeah.
1: blatantly disregarding yeah. the sanctity of the street traffic laws. Yeah. Um, I don't even need them to be breaking the law. I think yeah. it should save the pregnant woman.
3: Yeah. All right. I we're, mean, we're on it, board. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a. It's actually it betrays their politics that they didn't say a woman and her unborn child a little girl <laughs> I'm
3: just saying <laughs> it does right yeah there's a uh, something gricean <laughs> about the communication all right little girl in the car in the driverless car can go into the barrier or it can swerve out of the way and hit this woman who I don't think is pregnant She's just, um, she's just a large woman. She is just, no, she's not even large. She's a woman. She's very, she seems more like a 50s woman. She's got kind of a tight sweater. Right.
1: We should say, by the way, that you are reading these. I'm not seeing the images. Yes. that does come with images yeah. with the little arrows
3: and little skulls
1: over the people who will die.
3: So normally I'd be inclined to save the girl, especially since she's in the car, as you said. However, it's just one, like, one, one. It's just one to one one woman, one girl. One woman, one girl, but, the, but the, the car is headed, if this matters to you, towards the barrier right now. So you'd have to swerve out of the way to kill the woman. Right. Here's the other thing that I think matters. I don't know if, like, if this is going to be able to factor that into its final evaluation of our ethics. But there was a lot of shit talking going on between our two daughters um, about us, right? This this is tainted your judgment. This is uh
1: you know. Did we not make it clear that they could say good things about us if they were so inclined?
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't think either that or they weren't inclined. Although, didn't I, your daughter at least want you not to hear her shit talking? Yeah, but that's that's, that's not honorable. You know, <laughs> Just turn around so I can stab you. <laughs> My daughter is like, yeah, I said that. What are you going to do about it, bitch? <laughs> I still... What do you think here? Swerve out of the uh, way, kill the woman. It it does seem like this woman is getting fucked over in this scenario.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. But but I I think that the, I'm swayed by the... 8 the, I'm swayed by youth and by the obligation, the moral obligation instantiated by entering the car. It's like right. a contract. It's like the a... Car. It's,
3: Silly. Yeah. You think the car is supposed to protect people.
1: It's not a Hobbesian traffic world we're living in. This is a... I when when you were describing this to me, I quickly just Googled to see um, who's doing this, right? So MIT Media Lab, and there is this hilarious like press release from the MIT News Office, yeah. and the headline says "Driverless Cars: Who Gets Protected?" and this sub headline is "Study Shows Inconsistent Public Opinion on Safety <laughs> of Driverless Cars."
3: <laughs> it's like that's too open science-y for me. All right. A driverless car going down, it could go straight and hit two male athletes and two female athletes. Or it has four people also in the car right now. Two large men, a woman, and a large woman. So... (laughs)
1: So (laughs) I don't even know what we're supposed to do with that. Like, you just calculate the number of cells in each body and sort of like uh, just do the math.
3: (laughs) So I'm thinking, um, so you have four athletes, fem- uh, two male, two female, and that's if it goes straight. They're not breaking the law here. Or it swerves out of the way, hits the barrier, the, and then that's the, the two large men. There's not a single athlete in that car right now. That's why they're driving, because they don't get out enough, because they don't fucking... You know, like, they're, they're actually hurting the environment.
1: I don't know what value the athletes are bringing to society, you know, so you can, so you can throw a ball far. Like, what, what are you
3: doing? They're not you driving know? around all the time, like, put, putting everybody's lives at risk. I mean,
1: these, these, they might be on their way to their car. At least these people are doing, like, a ride-share driverless car thing, you know? <laughs> this is
3: philosophy. <laughs> what is this, this in is... aid of? Like, what is this supposed to tell us for real?
1: I mean I, I – like it's just wildly confused about what it's supposed to tell us. I don't know why you do this um, because at best, you're going to find consistency. Like suppose that you did find consistent opinions. Then what? Like you could just say, well, people are wrong. Like, we need to make our cars utilitarian. Like, 51% of people say, like, kill three doctors and a large man, and so therefore program the cars to do that. Like, that's ridiculous.
3: No. Right.
1: Of course. <laughs> <And> also, <laughs> you program you – program, I think you have to program your car to be a rule
3: follower. Your um, car can't, like, figure out, like, oh, like, that person's large and an executive – it has a briefcase <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, identifier. It's like, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to walk
1: around with an attaché case. You look like an '80s business person.
3: <laughs> All right, so let's let's get through this. I thought this was going to go better. Does it give it.
1: you uh, uh, a? Yeah,
3: All right, so like, here you have a a uh, a large man in the car. He has to swerve out of the way. He'll hit a barrier and die, or he can keep going straight and hit a large woman. <laughs> so largeness is just like just like take that out like you know a large person is going to die is it going to be a man or a woman and is it going to be the the man the person in the car or the person on the street she is walking she is abiding by the law though so here i'm thinking it says green so the car should swerve out out of the way
1: wait Oh oh she she has she's a walk. not
3: yeah, she has the walk sign. Like I think like if she's walking then the car's out of control and it and it has an obligation to hit the barrier.
1: I think that they should put brakes on these cars. <laughs> these cars. Are- it looks like it has plenty of time. Study shows <laughs> that these
3: self-driving cars need brakes. Yeah,
1: It looks like when you're looking at these little drawings that driverless cars are just attracted to
3: barriers. They're like go-karts. Like, they're constantly well, no, swerving. No, not go-karts. They're like those things that you go, like Bump. the derbies where they go down the hill, you know? like, <laughs> like These things are just suicide machines. Um, I, I'm killing the guy because... Oh. Well, I don't know. self this, this is more of a test for you than for me. So, in the car right now, a female executive, <laughs> an elderly woman, two girls, and a male doctor. <laughs> that's that's in the car right now, <laughs> and they're going straight into. <laughs> they're going straight into a barrier. However, they could swerve out of the way. I don't know why the car just also... Like, they need to program it not to just drive into barriers. And they need to not just put barriers for no reason out on the street. But So, so we can go straight in See there. Giuliani. This is a total Giuliani move. All right. Okay, so just to remind you, female executive, elderly woman, two girls, and a male doctor. Or swerve out of the way and hit a female executive, an elderly woman, and two girls... This is like the reductio out <laughs> of <laughs> Wait, wait. So just to, just to be clear, like I know that's <laughs> confusing. It's the same people from the car's perspective, except um, it's, there's no male doctor in the, on the crosswalk. There's a male doctor and those same mm. exact people in the car. So, right. so this, is, this is the kind of situation that you'll have a lot, is that you have just four identical people in a car plus <laughs> a doctor. And then, four, this and then four, uh, and then, or, yeah. Well, no, th- th- that's one of the four identical yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, however, the, uh, the four people on the crosswalk are also going against the law, because it says don't walk. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's scoff laws. I don't see why those two girls in the car should suffer because they're breaking the law.
1: Right? You know, this is this is um, an actually an interesting question. Like, do you, does does the presence of the doctor all of a sudden sort of it's like moral luck on the parts of like if you use that as your deciding factor and you're but it's not. Like, it's all the same people for right. So um, hit hit the people. Hit the fucking people. Fuck. Them. Hit the people. It, hit the people. This uh, t- this makes this me. Is, I this used to, is really I used really to actually stupid. defend. I used to defend the
3: use of trolley scenarios. I know. Was that? If, this is the reductio ad absurdum. As it you said. is. So. <laughs> so here's this one's just like okay, like this is just there's a lot of political pressure on what we choose here. Goes straight, kills a female executive and a female doctor. Swerves and kills a male executive and a male doctor. Who are in the car or the, no the, there's just they're who, both on the separate sides of the crosswalk. Oh uh, no nobody's in the, in the car. nobody's in the car. It can go straight and hit the two females or it can swerve and hit the two males, but it has to go out of its way to hit the two males.: <laughs> I'm saying uh, kill the males
1: uh, kill the males because of, of honor. Yeah there's no right answer. Chivalry. one of them is
3: benevolent sexism and the other one's just sexism. Yeah, well, but if you're the woman in the, you know, first, like, you're like, yeah, fine, sexism, whatever. But I I lived.
1: But I think that it should... It's fancy. They can program this. Swerve and kill one man and then swerve back around and kill one woman. And then magically Do a U-turn and, like, come back and
3: kill a woman. Finish the job. Finish the job. Okay. This is... This is, we're almost done. Twelve out of thirteen here. We're um, we gonna
1: get a score.
3: <laughs> you. We're gonna get a score that's gonna tell us like what our moral worldview is. Right. So, uh, in the car, a woman and two men on the crosswalk crossing according to the signal, an elderly woman and two elderly men. <laughs> so you have this. This is a young versus old question. But they're going with the signal, and you know the car is headed straight for them. No reason for them to die here, but they've had, you know, they've lived their life. They've had a good life, they've or a shitty or a shitty long life. or a shitty like they were like Holocaust survivors, and this is how they're
1: dying. <laughs> this is what
3: takes a- <laughs> the fucking driverless car.
1: Uh, I you know kill the elderly people.
3: Oh, man. Give, no give respect. Aren't chance. you, like, Latin? Don't you have respect for elders? I do
1: respect the elders. Uh, you know, I, I, it's not that I don't feel bad making these choices.
3: You would want... Um, they would uh, want to die.
1: I'd I like to think that, like, my grandma and grandpa, when they were alive, they would have they made that choice for me.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. I, well, I, I, this is I, a like good a, way yeah. to end. This is a good way to end this. Driverless car. No, nobody in it. Headed for a large woman. You could swerve out of the way and just hit a woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <it's
3: just laughs> I, I like. I like. What do you do with that? This
2: is
1: so ridiculous. Uh, kill. Just keep going.
3: Keep going straight. Kill the large woman. Okay. Kill the large woman.
1: You know, I think that in those cases, you, you may, or maybe we should just be minimizing the damage to the car because there's
3: an economic toll. So, they show you in comparison to other people. But because our, ours were, were so obvious, like, we're kind of very close to the other people. So, here's... <laughs> we're not the, exceptional. The most saved character for us is a just a regular woman with the, like from the 50s with the push-up yeah. bra. The most killed character was a fat man. I don't even remember killing a fat man. but um, So, to us, saving more lives matters less than it mattered for others, but not by much. Protecting passengers mattered more to us, that makes sense, than it mattered to others. Upholding the law mattered more to us, because we're Kantians, than others, but <laughs> by a little. Avoiding intervention mattered a tiny bit more but not much gender preference we we uh preferred females to men pets versus humans we God this I don't, I'm not proud of this, but we really preferred humans over pets. But that was just because of the thing. Younger versus older, we preferred younger, but like just in line with the others, fit people <laughs> over large people. We vastly preferred fit people <laughs>
1: compared this, to other people. That sucks. We, we should have always decided to swerve toward the fit people because <laughs> they have a shot at, at like escaping. <laughs> <You
3: know>. <laughs> <But> <laughs> see we didn't get a lot of these criminals I don't even know if we had a single criminal so social value preference we don't have like we're just in the middle because we didn't get like criminal versus executive no. but, all we got was a, a homeless doctor. person and yeah. It, yeah homeless yeah.
1: people executives so. it's like a hilariously caricatured view of like the str- like how to stratify society it's like it's homeless people business people and medical doctors it's like it's like what a kid thinks their three shots <laughs> <Right>. are <laughs> like
3: firemen who are the people in your neighborhood the fat guy i (laughs) think the the bullet bra woman (laughs) i think also the fit people thing i don't know if that was my fault you seem to want to kill the fat person more than i did
1: i was arguing that athletes don't contribute much to society Um,
3: Uh, i was willing
1: to sacrifice them
3: yeah, so yeah. I don't know unless, why it came out like that. Uh,
1: unless you have an attaché case or That
3: was really stupid and I think we got a bad <laughs> we got a bad thing.
1: I hope that you edit this down to 3 minutes.
3: <laughs> this, uh, can I uh, tell you in my mind how much better that was going to go? That was going to go. Gonna go. It, yeah. This
1: is this is like a this is it, it's what some people would call um a, an analogy to life. Um <laughs> In general. Okay. This, this MIT news, the press release is, so they, they interviewed poor Josh Green, who of course has, of course has the time to, to talk to the MIT press, but, but not to us. I think the authors are definitely correct to describe this as a social dilemma says Joshua Green. <laughs> the critical feature of a social dilemma is a tension between self-interest and collective interest. Green adds that the researchers quote clearly show that people have a deep ambivalence about this question. <laughs>
3: Sorry Josh, but I think that uh, I, I, I think that the driverless well, cars Also, yeah, like like whose interest? Like what's self-interest here? Like it doesn't give well, you is- a perspective they never did. And so the. I don't know if we didn't get
1: any of these questions, but, it, but the press release actually says, but everybody wants their own car to protect them at all costs. But I haven't seen anything that tells you it's your car. Yeah. I, I think that what, what they're saying is that people want people in the cars to be protected.
3: Yeah. Um, but You know, this is a problem that moral psychology – like this tells us – less than nothing. You know, this is um this is not
1: even a good implicit test of prejudice because I think that it's such an obvious question you're like asked to judge the mm-hmm. life of a homeless person versus the life of a doctor that that in fact if people were being completely, you know, totally honest like in this or this was like
3: actually assessing attitudes, you probably get like the opposite results. I think yeah. I hate like when I first took it it was funny, but now <laughs> I hate it.
1: I mean, so, so <laughs> So the problem is, we're going to actually have to program cars to do something,
3: um, but not this. Like, it's not going to just kind of decide when somebody. It's not going to be. A, it's not, we're not going to program it to say, "Well, does that look like a homeless person? Does that look like a doctor? Is that like how how much does that person weigh?" At, no, like there's Taylor, a few things. Yes, like we are. Crosswalk. We have to do that.
1: We have to do that, and we have to assign everybody an objective value from zero to one hundred. <laughs> i don't see how you don't see this (laughs) everybody should actually just we should boil it down to a number and have everybody wear a sweatshirt like some twisted (laughs) autistic version of the scarlet letter
3: (laughs) with their value on it
1: (laughs) with their value actually on it yeah and then maybe you can like you know work hard at like increasing your value like get karma basically get karma in society
3: like um the technocrats have won. The technocrats have won. Congratulations. You win. Um, the, the solution should just be to let really, really
1: bad drivers drive their cars like we do now. <laughs> While texting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, more people die, that's fine. That's fine. At least we're not forcing anybody to make the moral choice between like a fat guy and a homeless person.
3: I will say that when I took this the first time, it was a lot more interesting. And it showed that I had a—that I strongly— favored um women living than men living and that proves as i've always said that i am the real feminist of this podcast
1: it's called benevolent sexism <laughs> that's it's, it's it, what it is
3: <laughs> that was bad like it was a really bad group like we got like i guess they randomly select a lot of things and like there's all these variables and it's like we got the most boring va- variables
1: Yeah, I mean, I just cut a lot of mine. Like, I don't, it's... It's still stupid. It's still stupid. A woman, an athlete, an elderly woman, a girl.
3: (laughs) It's like... But at least that's funnier to talk about. What is this? A Hasid? What is this? Oh, it's a homeless person. Do you know this? (laughs) (laughs) See, that would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) We should do our own version
1: of this. You can kill two Hasids.
3: <laughs> Two Hasidic <laughs> Jews, a Lubavitcher <laughs> Jew, a, a Reformed Jew, and hey, just a Woody and a Mormon time. and <laughs> a Mormon, <laughs> Yeah, kind of probably an atheist, like Jewish intellectual from the seventies, kind of. He's clearly Ashkenazi, <laughs> but he doesn't really care. <laughs> he more <laughs> thinks that it's the, it's the tradition that matters, not. the <laughs> he doesn't eat pork just out of respect. <laughs> yeah, he goes like to, he goes to Shul on on Rosh Hashanah and the High hall He has a seder, but he doesn't.
1: <laughs> a guy, a guy that has has um has gotten a vasectomy. You know, a somebody porn whose star. Kids, a, yeah, somebody whose kids are waiting for them at home. <laughs> like, that's the kind of shit, you know? Like, if we're yeah. going to have computers making decisions, you know, we might as well. Okay.
3: Should we take a break? Just put this behind us?
1: <laughs> Let's just try to suppress this.
3: <laughs> this gets better. It gets better, I think. I hope. Like, uh, or maybe not. If if like, at yeah, least- it's like the gristle of, like, a typical episode. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't get better, it's your fault, at least, this time. Because you asked us the questions. You, the listener. All right. We'll be back.
0: I'm going to have to get down on my knees and pray for a miracle.
1: Welcome back to Very Bad Wizards. This is the time where usually we thank our, all our listeners for all the support, but there's just an extra thank you to be added this time. I mean, 100 episodes, first of all, holy fuck. Second of all, <laughs> we've like completely turned to you guys uh, for the content of this episode. So if there was ever a time to demonstrate appreciation to the listeners, it's now, Um And so thank you for everybody who emailed us, who tweeted us, and who left a message on Facebook. For all the Patreon supporters, thank you um, uh, for signing up to support us. All the people who have donated um, on PayPal, who have used the Amazon link, um, uh, thank you. If you want to support us, you can go to verybadwizards.com. And now we have a new website, actually. It's a new – we're using a new service to host all our files it's, um, I think it's a, a, a really nice interface, but basically if you just go to verybadwizards.com and click on about, um, you'll see the ways to support us there and you'll see a link to our Patreon page, verybadwizards.com slash Patreon. For those of you who subscribe to our podcast, just know that just in case you're not, it's not updating, um, you may, there may be a, uh, an issue where you have to just unsubscribe and resubscribe, but there shouldn't be. I just wanted to put it out there that we are, we have moved to a new a new hosting platform and and hopefully the transition
3: will be smooth and everything will go fine. Um, I don't know what any of that means.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It shouldn't matter. It should. It, it yeah. should just appear as a new website to everybody. Um, so yeah, but you know I want to send a shout out to Tina Sipple, for instance. There's people who have been supporting oh, from us from the beginning from the very beginning and i was looking yeah. back because i was actually transferring all our episodes to the new host right so i was i was actually going through and looking at our notes and i almost can't believe first of all that anybody would have the patience to listen to the, that many episodes but yeah. but <laughs> but like i remember thinking like in episode 10 it felt like we had done so many I know. Like, you know, like Fiery Cushman was like episode 13 or something. You know, this was Which like, it felt like we were I remember old- almost none of. <laughs> yeah. You remember having to edit out the anti-Semitism that you were expressing? I,
3: right. Mm-hmm. Because of his. Uh, his mother-in-law. His mother-in-law. Right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so thank you, you <laughs> I guess guys missed you. some good anti-semitism <laughs> good
1: old passion so thank you really from the bottom of our heart to to everybody um I, we continue to get emails that like keep me going like right now i'm dead i'm dead tired tamler can see it in my eyes but the reason that we're doing this Very is just bad. out of love for um for just Basically, the community that that has built up around
3: around we've gotten such good emails. I want to give a special shout out right now to Shanique who yeah. emailed us about To Kill a Mockingbird. It, you know, it's like it's one of those emails that kind of changed my whole way of thinking about that issue. Not my whole way of thinking, but shifted it and yeah. gave me a different perspective. And I want to talk about it in a little more detail. Um, but but maybe the next episode when we haven't been drinking and yeah that deserves its
1: own segment yeah that uh,
3: deserves its own segment so um, but emails like that and then we got just today and Sheel. and Sheel, just so nice like that I mean email made my day yeah, it, yeah. It, it, so so, so please week. keep those coming rate us on iTunes <laughs> well, we we have to read this one freaking iTunes review. I have to say that, like, of all the scapegoating of the Jew on this podcast, (laughs) this is the worst. Um, Do
1: do you have it pulled up?
3: I'm giving this review five stars because David deserves it. If I could review Tamler separately, I would give him one star, and the review would say, Screw you, Tamler. He says what we're all thinking His Uh, name is D-H-J-K-L-J-D-S Like he doesn't even have the balls To give his actual name How many people actually have an actual name As their handle Um, I don't know, here's Albert Camus He he, he used his name Tinder Tips, he used his name uh, Or she (laughs) The Paleo Futurologist We could probably figure out who that was There can't be Uh, that many of those
1: Those are people with honor (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
3: Yes. <laughs> little, David and Tamler aren't re- real. That's a very funny iTunes review. That is. You should scroll through our iTunes reviews. It's not you because you yeah, do that every gonna... day, but the <laughs> the actual listeners might get a kick out of some of them cuz they're very creative and funny. Yeah,
1: they are. We have we have great listeners. Um but I, so I was a little worried about about uh, even showing you this review or talking to you about it cuz I knew that you might get your feelings but I'm hurt. so
3: used to this You don't understand Like this is like If you're a woman In an executive meeting Getting talked over Interrupted You You, know, like,
1: you now You now know What it feels yeah.
3: like To be a person Who's oppressed be,
1: On a daily basis To be a woman um, Well you know w- w- Welcome I'm glad that you glad That you felt that as, as a Latin As a Latino yeah. male Yeah, yeah. I Right you to No I know you've, you've
3: suffered but, Screw right. you hey, so they t- That was one Screw you I know, but well, he did I mean, give us be, like he, he should have us given us three stars.
1: No, what are you talking about? You should be thanking me. Basically, like I'm like the closer on this show. Like You're I, you like, know,
3: I should. Sh- you trumped my awfulness.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, all right, wow. so um, all right,
1: so we're gonna try to 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 get to some of the the AMA questions, the ask me anything's, um, ask us anything's. So we have a list. Of
3: feedback on from facebook twitter and email well so you want to start with facebook then go to twitter and email all right sam McNearney. tv shows and movies are popular topics on the podcast how much do they influence your work in academia very much i ask because philosophy and psychology are perceived to be more serious or high-minded than the stuff on netflix and hbo it's almost as if professors have the last word on questions about human nature i don't know if that's true but even though some of the people who write these shows david simonville gilligan etc do an equally good job way better job i would say of examining how we perceive and behave it's true that they don't have the empirical tools of psychologists they can't p
1: hack a good script they can't
3: <laughs> <laughs> they can't
1: <laughs> like
3: a large woman like a baby. <laughs> and, Can you uh, imagine? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, that, that they don't have the empirical tools of psychologists and their ideas are not peer-reviewed and debated like ideas in science. Is the bias that psychology and philosophy are above pop culture justified. I don't even know if that bias exists anymore. Like I I I mean maybe it does and I just don't hang out with those people. But I I do think at this point it's fairly well recognized that we should be taking this stuff extremely seriously. I mean there's a reason why the philosophy of The Wire and the philosophy of you know The Simpsons and the philosophy those things are the best-selling philosophy books out there, which yeah, is not saying s- that much, but it's saying something. I think it's pretty well known that this stuff really sheds a ton of light on, yeah, on ethical issues in the real world. Even so, Cass
1: Sunstein just recently wrote a book called The World According to Star Wars, where he's he's using says a lens to which uh, by which. He looks at economics, and I, I actually think that so many people in academia are inspired by art. Right? Maybe not pop culture. May, you know, if there's anything about the high mindedness that I would still perceive is that certain kinds of uh, entertainment and art are are perceived to be as as sort of better than others. But, you know, I've been ashamed before in academic circles for being sort of liking the lowbrow comedy. Like, my daughter and I are watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, we've just watched pretty much 11 seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and she's 11. She's not even 12 years old. Um, But, like,
3: that stuff is great.
1: I don't know if it's like this in philosophy as much, but i I suspect that it is like so many so many articles start off in psychology with somebody trying to quote some some show some song something um that yeah. has made the point much you know in one sentence they've made the point of the whole paper much better
3: um more efficient. and good philosophy will quote'll we'll use literature as examples we'll use you know to take the question even further, you might say, aren't these things? Actually, substitutes for philosophy and psychology, and I and and you know like while I wouldn't go that far, I will say that the stuff like that MIT <laughs> study, you know Frankfurt cases and philosophy, like the warehouses of papers that have been written on it like that stuff you know like actually takes away from our knowledge of (laughs) it's like it's like sucking like out it's like a black hole it's
1: um but you know but my my defense of the i i think that shows and art movies tv shows even songs uh, communicating um ideas but they're very they're also very bad at systematizing that's what's good about them there's some real value in trying to clean up the points that you're making. Like shows can be all over the place. I mean, you know, life so is extent, all
3: over the place, though. Like that's the point. Like,
1: yeah, but if you if everybody had that attitude, we'd never get science done. We should be like, oh fuck
3: it, <laughs> this bridge works sometimes, and this oh, bridge right. doesn't. I, work. I guess I'm thinking of ethics. <laughs> sometimes the airplanes like will never their destination. know. We'll right. never know why. <laughs> that's the fun of life. <laughs> Why well, yeah, do you I think, think <laughs> uh, Brian Kissel Why do you think Donald Trump should be the next president Of the United States? We don't It's a troll, yeah, troll. <laughs> it really What are your views This is Luke. Uh, this is one of those like I guess from Eastern Europe where they don't Have vowels in their <laughs> names <laughs> I'm going to give it a good Faith attempt, Lucas Wibranczyk That it seems like the, a Polish name His last name There's one vowel No, no, the whys are sometimes... Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, fair (laughs) enough. What are your views on virtue ethics? Love it. And if you want to know more about it, we talk about it in that Nancy Sherman episode, and I wish we talked more about virtue ethics. I mean, love it is like, you know, it depends what you mean, but yeah. Yeah. And Dave Uh, loves it too. Yeah, uh, much
1: of my psychology is informed by that view
3: when did you re- this is a good one from victoria spring when did you realize moral psychology philosophy was your passion relatedly what has been the high point of your career so far
1: i'd say tamler's high point was definitely joining this podcast <laughs> uh, okay so i actually um i think for a long, I, I you know, I think that even pre-reflectively, I was interested in morality and why it seemed that some people could could do just wrong things with no guilt. I, I think I was very sort of moved by, by guilt and maybe empathy. And I was very curious about why some people didn't, like why some people were able to lie with no compunction, for instance. Um, but really, not until I think high school when I, I got a copy of... I don't even remember if it was Plato or it might have been even Marcus Aurelius, Some, something uh, moral philosophy-y that I really got. I was like, oh, you could actually talk about this stuff and think about this stuff like, as what you do. Like That's amazing. Um, and then I s- straight up just made the choice to go moral psychology instead of moral philosophy because my college, which was a religious college, didn't have a philosophy major. I just said, oh, I'll just study moral stuff in psychology. But what was the high point of your career? Oh, man. I hope it's in the future. (laughs) Fuck if I know. I'd say the high point of my career was uh, when easy penny bags
3: wrapped over my beat. (laughs) 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 Hands down. Better than tenure. Point when I realized it, but it was definitely in my mid-20s. And I will say that like, it was literature- the thing that really planted it, and then this is why it was my number one book back on that five best books, Jacques the Fatalist and his master by Denis Diderot Diderot and I loved I loved the ideas of it. He was kind of a free will skeptic he was a fatalist I was sort of the appealed to me at the time and I guess that was it, and I read that when I was 20. So that's when I realized it was a passion. High point of my career, I have a very specific one, and it's at the, a meeting that I don't think you were at, or, but we, didn't, we barely knew each other then. It was in 2005 or 2006. It was when I gave my uh, Two Faces of Revenge, Moral Responsibility, and uh, the Culture of Honor paper at SPP in St. Louis. And like hmm. I was, you know, I just gotten my job at University of Minnesota Morris, and this was a totally new idea and a totally new paper that I that I'd been working on. And, you know, I'd, I'd never been t- to a conference like this. Like every big time person was there. You know, like John Doris, Sean well, Nichols, said Rebecca I Sachs, said that I wasn't there. Lee Ann Young. Well, right, but I didn't know you were big time then. You know, like Rebecca Sachs. So the paper went really well, and I had put a lot of time into preparing the paper and to trying to make it funny, but also like substantive and interesting. And and like I I, I don't know, like I always I always think of that time as that was like the thing that launched me into a different phase of my career. So
1: hmm. that's mine. Good answer. Good answer. Yes. Thank you.
3: Um,
1: mine was watching Straw Dogs, actually. <laughs>
3: Should have been. (laughs) If you appreciated it. Yeah, and didn't systematize enough. Uh, (laughs) Tim Andrews. (laughs) This is quite a big question. (laughs) Having recently dealt with the naturalistic fallacy, what are your own personal values? Where do they come from, and on what basis can you prefer them over others? I mean, the values that I endorse are ones that have been sort of built up
1: through interactions with other people. And. They're obviously really heavily biased toward the culture that I was raised in, um, in the time, you know, in the place and the people who raised me. But I think that any source of value that is non-empirical, you know, the question is, well, where else could they come from? And I think that there is some meaningful way in which you, through interaction with other human beings, you come to realize the kinds of things that, the kind of person you want to be, the kinds of things that you want to be for other people and the kinds of things you want other people to be for you. And it it doesn't seem that puzzling to me.
3: And I'll say this, the way we decide what values we prefer over others is the same way that anyone's going to be able to decide it it's because even if you're a hardcore moral realist you still have to assent to certain core principles you have to know why you assent to those principles if people object to them how are you going to defend them and the naturalistic fallacy is pretty much uh, in in some ways a red herring because we still have to do the work of arguing with each other and interacting with other people and solving all these practical problems. Saying that certain things are objectively right and certain things are objectively wrong doesn't really get you very far unless you can justify it. But if you can justify... Why they're objectively right Then you can justify why you care about them But I, th- I agree with you that it's a red herring Because it all, the naturalistic fallacy
1: isn't a novel claim That there is um, Surprise, there's a different source of value It's just a claim about The, the values of sort of Scientific truth don't bleed over in, into the other values. It's yeah, a bigger topic. It's a, it's,
3: it's a huge topic. <laughs> Listener. To all right, let's move on then. Justin Bulls, how do you feel about practical philosophy? Modern philosophy seems to shy away from giving people advice on how to live a meaningful life, and more inclined to say why the question doesn't mean anything. In Roman times, a school of philosophy would have been all over that shit. Is that good? Bad? The hell's going on? Okay, is that good? No. Bad, yes, the hell's going on. I don't know. does saying that it's not good entail that it's bad by the way <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the question that modern philosophy would be all over, so this is what I think philosophy should go back to more and i and I hope it is i you know like definitely people like Valerie Tiberius and Nancy Sherman, and one of the ways that I chose people I wanted to interview in the book is. Are they taking that question seriously in the Very Bad Wizard interview book? And I would say that while it's true that characterization of modern philosophy, there are people who aren't doing that, and those are the people that we should be reading more. I think that the
1: danger of having, moved, having these questions moved uh, outside of philosophy is that other people are more than willing to answer them. Um, yeah. And those people aren't nearly as careful in, in the way that they answer them. Uh, Tony, you know, people like Tony Robbins or whatever,
3: you know, like the uh, like those are the people who answer those questions. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> are you ever planning on releasing the full recording of the infamous fight from episode 69? No, we're not because <laughs> it's not an interesting fight. It's not interesting at all. The, yeah. the interesting part was the part that we posted. And for the record,
1: I don't think that it exists. We uh, We toss out. Audio files take up large portions
3: of hard drive space. That fight, unlike, say, the gender fight, right. the buy toys for like what toys to buy for your kids, we didn't even really disagree that much on episode 69. We were just... We were just like, being pissy with each we other. We were being pissy with each other, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, We disagreed a little, but there was no reason for us to get into that fight. That was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was so <laughs> ridiculous
1: um uh that's just a good meta question which is you know it's not as if on paper our positions have changed that much over time we probably fight or argue at least less than we used to
3: it's because you've seen the light i
1: just uh, to be honest some of it is just giving up um (laughs) it's like when when you whenever you started to let yourself go in your marriage that's like (laughs) how i am now (laughs) intellectually Uh, let yourself go
3: Right, yeah. Like, yeah. okay, like I'll just get a belly. I'll be, I'll be the large man. <laughs> yeah. I'll get killed by the driverless car to save the. To save the I'd like inspectors. for us to
1: have at least one special night a month. Is all I'm saying. I'd like to know Tamler's thoughts on solipsism. Tam, Tra- Trevor Freeman asks uh, Tamler does does not have thoughts on solipsism. So. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can t- he, barely, he doesn't even really exist this is, this is yeah, a, i just, just fight, a i just fight clubbed
3: i just fight clubs my way through 100 episodes that would be hilarious <laughs> like you like they do the little clips and it's just you fighting with yourself on episode
1: 69 <laughs> i mean there is a funny thing where um a lot of people who have spent time with me have actually heard heard me recording and there is a way in, in, in which it is hilariously absurd to hear only one side of multiple <laughs> recordings. It's like I Garfield know. without Garfield. Um. <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, Carl Mueller says, what percentage of your recorded discussions make it to the air? Or how many minutes are typically cut for whatever reason? Hmm. Uh, Do you ever back up and re-ask or re-answer a question to get clean audio? The technical part is we've lost a lot of audio way more earlier than later. We've we've become kind of pros at this. With guests, we have more audio
3: problems. Guests suck. This is part of the reason we don't have guests. They always fuck up. Yeah. And I'm sick of them. I love them, but I'm sick of them.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, they fuck up regularly. Um, But in terms of content... Maybe, Tam, you can answer as an editor yeah. but
3: so i i would say that i cut if we record two hours of audio on average 30 minutes of that 25 minutes of it it's getting cut i mean substance wise because there's always stuff where we're just bullshitting around i would say substance wise about 75 to 80 percent of the stuff makes it in i cut a lot of my uhs and and like i can't cut all of them because i cut a lot of your likes but not all of your likes or my likes because i also do that that's like we're <laughs> that's like, like half of the podcast va- we are valley girls couple of valley girls
1: Every once in a while I get a text from Tamler saying we really need to stop saying like
3: Well yeah uh, and and it's funny cuz it, it it's 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 worse on some episodes for both of us than others same with my oz and and I don't feel like it's totally getting better like you would no, think we've we're been not doing better. this right we're no. not better at that like I don't get why but it's uh, we're not
1: As a side note you know what I re- there's there's a couple things that I realized I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who was going to do a live radio interview and I was she was asking me for advice and I was telling her that that you really need to be super careful about how long your answers go because when it's live they'll they'll just interrupt you and cut you off with the next question and so you have to be sort of pre-commit to giving very very short answers or at least what feel like very very short answers and because we edit heavily we never have the pressure to improve our right. our diction, our right. efficiency. It's a, it's a crutch for us, and we probably should get better. But when you listen to someone like Sam Harris, he is so polished. We yep. wouldn't have to cut out any ums and ahs. He is just, you yep. know, whatever you think about his his opinions, he—that
3: he guy's fucking professional like, yeah. when it comes to No, and life. very different from us. I noticed that when I was editing the episode. I had to cut— you know huge chunks of that episode so that it wouldn't be five hours but i never had to fuck with individual parts of what he was saying right we actually Uh,
1: sound like we're having seizures sometimes we'll be
3: like you know and
1: it's like what the hell was going on with me when you know and sometimes i think because you edit you probably are more sensitive to your own weird ticks and cut them out but sometimes i'll like after you send it to me i'll be listening i'll be like no my god i sound like a fucking idiot
3: i like i have heard from people that it doesn't bother like i hear it and it screams in my ear but like other people hear it and it's just well that's just how you, how people talk that's just how you talk
1: i think that one of the biggest challenges um is is getting to a point where you can accept the um yeah the true realization of your own mediocrity enough to actually put something out there to you know to keep yeah. consistently putting something out there
3: to do a live show which is why we've never uh, done it even though it's been requested <laughs> do you ever have to back up and re-ask or reanswer a question to get clean audio no and we really don't have we don't do that really we don't back up no. re-ask questions no eric nielsen gun to your head if you had to choose a classic meta-ethical position what would it be I feel like Tamler's position is pretty clear, but I'm not sure about it.
1: What what, what's clear about your position?
3: I, I feel it's like nothing. you I'm only like an expressivist, are. non-cognitivist. Like, I mean, clear. you just said that today. Like, I feel no, like 29 episodes said have it, gone no, by. No, I've said it many times. I've said I'm like a Blackburn guy.
1: One of the reasons I am happy being a psychologist is that I don't have to choose a classical metaethical position because the truth is I, I am confused. I know what I want to be. Um, I just, I just, yeah, I would love to be a realist, an objectivist, a cognitivist. Um, And my leanings are that I, I I lean toward cognitivism and, um, realism and, and because I have such a desire for consistency, um, unlike Tamler, I don't, I realize that I can't really defend any position I endorse. They're all problematic. So I just proceed. I just proceed. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) i I just
3: foresee ryan mcmanus what is one insight from the other's field of work that has facilitated a major change in your world views well i mean for me this is easy because social psychology influenced me way too much but probably the john height you know the social intuitionist model was, you know, in spite of the, all the issues surrounding social psychology, I think there's something fundamentally right about that model, and that changed my view of the world. The idea that it's our emotions that are leading us to make moral judgments, and a lot of our reasoning comes post hoc.
1: It's a good question. Mine was T- Tamler Summers' paper on zombies. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that should have.
3: Um, you were a duelist before then.
1: Right? I still will never get that out of my head that I was like reading that paper and wondering who the hell actually wrote it. Did you really um, read it? I, I don't remember if I read the whole thing, but I remember reading, like, large portions of it and thinking, like, this is not the Tamler that I know <laughs> at
3: all. <laughs> you this read it all. after you knew
1: me. Yeah. yeah. I, aside from Immanuel Kant, um, this <laughs> <laughs> I did my disserti- dissertation based on Frankfurt's work on compatibilism um, and I, that I thought was just sort of really – I mean, people like Strawson and Frankfurt who I think had their finger on the pulse of, of psychology – the psychology of things really influenced me. But there is a way in which that's not – that's more like um, people who are giving me psychological – I thought they're good psychologists. As philosophers, people like Thomas Nagel and just sort of plowing through uh, his arguments to me gave me the, the – uh, it gave me a little bit of – I think the number one thing I've gotten from from philosophy is really a way of thinking about things that is just more rigorous like, psychologists can be very sloppy, and, and I love John Hyde's stuff, too. I always thought, though, that, that his arguments some were sort of were inconsistent at times, and, and that's what I think the philosophy, people who are just really, really tight in their arguments, um, whether they're right or wrong, it's that way of thinking that I've gotten from philosophy that I really like and that I wish other psychologists would, would value as well,
3: and people like Tamla. Right, if you wish, I would. <laughs> yeah, that's the one part that you hate about. You your really own. should be asking, like, like I should be answering what, philosophy. I know. and you should be answering. Like, it's what's true. Yeah, yeah, here's what Tamler's. All right, Miles Fender. If neuroscience could prove that it was morally impermissible <laughs> to be a Red Sox fan, would you seek revenge? You know definitely i would think you should avenge yourself against neuroscientists period uh, <laughs> like Rebecca young. Sachs. yeah
1: we should really do a segment where we ask each other questions As one of my questions would be why the hell do you care so much about these like like grown ass men throwing balls to each other um. Yeah. Uh. And and I feel like if there were a pill that could. Wait. Are you be, that, asking me that? Yeah. 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 What if there oh, were a pill? I mean, look. Don't get me wrong. I like the Lakers, so I can kind. I can kind of like see how like how irrational.
3: Um, you're such you could a hipster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no um it is the passion that you have for for uh, not
3: just it's the sport but for the teams it's just growing up in boston versus growing up in la where you guys are you guys are shit fans no you i mean are, i'm a,
1: like i'm i was born in argentina like i know what it means to like love yeah.
3: to love you, something you, right. but it's you like but solidarity it's that's like
1: community that's what life is all about But it's your – you pre-commit to irrationality in a way that, like, I'm willing to suspend my my reactive attitudes about sports-like stuff in a way that you just embrace.
3: It's no more irrational than, like, why do you love your kids more than you love other kids? Like, it's just because they're your kids, because it's Um, your team. Tom Brady
1: is walking across the street at a red light. (laughs) 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 Eliza is in a car.
3: You're saying. First of all, he would he would never cross the street unless well, it was a if, green. If the balls on the other side of the street were slightly less inflated,
1: he would totally cross that road. <laughs> so now I'm just uh, trolling you. This is
3: not cool. Do you glorify revenge or punishment and attacking someone to defend your honor just to be contrarian good hipsters? Okay. Okay. There's a lot to correct in the premise of this question. <laughs> Number one, hipsters don't defend honor. Number two, I don't defend retributive punishment like... like there, was another, there was another question I guess we'll get to, but that kind of assumes that I, that I defend some sort of like retribution theory of punishment, which I really don't, or at least not in its recognizable form. I do defend revenge and honor and stuff like that, but that's not to be... Uh, hipster for for sure because i i don't (laughs) like hipsters but you know to be contrarian there might be some truth to that yeah
1: you know and we discussed this at some point there there is a way in which um it only makes sense to defend revenge when you are in a mass of people who seem to immediately dismiss it as as like the worst thing ever Right. Um, and exactly. I think that's where we were coming from. And we, we've yeah. had to, t- to take a step back and say, I can see why somebody would think. Yeah that in fact this is like w- we endorse like you know blood right. feuds or whatever and i, I don't at all i, I at all and like, i was and a, and really... a
3: student who was like a latin king and for them like when you defend revenge like that meant that like four of his friend, like best friends died or something like right know, and that I, it, it, yeah exactly and, that's, I, and that and then then i'm not defending no revenge anyway. and we we, yeah. we read a i think in one of the episodes we read an
1: email from a from a, a guy who had yeah. grown up in like
3: where it really yeah. meant
1: something and that we clearly don't don't have. Um so so uh hipsters, I'm not a hipster either. I think that I'm I just not ironic enough.
3: Metrosexual um, but not a hipster. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, But contrarian, of course That's why Tamler holds all of his positions
3: uh, And also, I will say that It's a constant worry as I'm writing this book On honor, is that I romanticize it Too much right. For um, somebody who doesn't I'd live a safe life, and if I ever get into a fight In my life It's always been broken up, because people thought i was like a high school kid
1: because you were scratching too much (laughs) Um, for the charge that tamler is a retributivist yeah i feel like this this in some way is uh sneaking into the question the premise that tamler would want reasons for acting and tamler clearly has never had any rejects reasons
3: reasons. i reject just reasons
1: (laughs) i'm far more retributivist um and, and by retributivist, I just mean, I care about justice, um, that
3: the uh, tam, Tamler is. That's, okay. Quick one for me, Tamler, what's worse? Kant's certainty in his ethical system or the smugness of a new atheist? Kant's certainty, I guess. Well, not his certainty, just the e- ethical system itself. The smugness of a new atheist, I, I, you know, it's annoying, but again, it's, I'm I'm just around that too much. If I lived in a place where like, what was it that you told me one time? Like, yeah, like was, if you had to grow up, like, I actually with yeah. actual kooky religious people, yeah, yeah. exactly. Then I probably <laughs> the smugness of a new a, new atheist wouldn't bother me. No yeah. I All me right, Dave. This one's for you yeah. from Travis Couture. Dave, your
1: best friend is tied to a track and a trolley is headed towards him. The only way to get to the switch in time is if you use a Star Trek transporter. Do you pull the switch? I, I. This is just like asking me if I would kill, if I would sacrifice my life to uh, switch. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, no, this is exactly like it. And so the the answer you is you just depend- come out on the other side. Uh, well, no, no, something comes out on the other side. It's a, it's a, <laughs> you. a twisted clone of me who thinks he is me. <laughs> Um, right. But is completely wrong. Would I sacrifice my life to say my best
3: friend? Yes. Um, what if the absolutely. friend, your best friend is a large executive? <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> it's a brief briefcase. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just going to carry around an attaché case. I want to well, know what the, what the uh, if you do the stats, what the briefcase, um, what the briefcase effect is.
3: Study shows that people are ambivalent about briefcases. <laughs> I want different
1: kinds. Like I want like a like a sleek sort of attaché versus yeah. versus like a like a oh, right. a, a doctor's like bag. You know, that's like a,
3: manipulation. <laughs> the, indif- the, the independent <laughs> the, variable. Exactly. Yeah. What's so, your favorite food? What's Did your you favorite
1: drink? food? Is Caroline Kuka. This is one of those questions that, as an adult, I fail miserably <laughs> right. to be able to answer. It's one of those things that you have an answer for when you're a kid. Like, what's your favorite yeah. color? What's your favorite food? Yeah. Blue. Pizza. Like, those were my answers.
3: Can't even formulate it. I, 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 like, I, I don't know. Baskin-Robbins chocolate chip ice cream. I, I said that as a kid, and I will say that now. I yeah. love pizza. it. Pizza. Pizza. Good fucking pizza
1: is the best. A good burrito, also. God damn it. Good burrito. It's like the
3: greatest invention. It's
1: like the pinnacle of humankind.
3: Brandon Beckett, a trolley is headed towards five people on the track who believe in rationalia and thinks Straw Dogs is a top ten movie of all time. You can divert to one Sam Harris Twitter follower who likes the writing style of Immanuel Kant on another. Do you bow the trick? It's really conflating, sort of, you know,
1: your likes and my likes, too. Yeah, exactly. uh,
3: (laughs) We both don't, like, who believe in rationalia, we're both opposed to that. We're split on the straw dogs. And I love uh,
1: Sam Harris Twitter followers because we inherited so many
3: of them. Um, So all of them. But I'm still diverting it towards that. Just because, like, we need the straw dogs fans in this world. And especially after you guys kind of dissed it, that's been absorbed by pop culture and a new generation of millennials and... (laughs)
1: It certainly wasn't the top moment of my career. It was a very defining moment of my career when
3: I realized how much I hate straw dogs. Uh, you in which don't I, hate didn't, it. I didn't realize until you, even if after. you watch it again, you'll realize, holy shit, this is a great movie. What was I fucking doing? Like, what's wrong with me? That will be a point of re examination of yourself.
1: Um, maybe. Maybe. Maybe episode 200, we'll, we'll call it rev- Revisiting Straw Dogs. We'll have no listeners by then. <laughs> I think I'm, we might have no listeners
3: after this. Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> Tang Ho Man, uh, I'm going to condense his question. He said it basically was asking what what we thought of um, Douglas Hofstadter's views on um, on consciousness. Um, whether we thought they were successful. This would require me to actually understand Douglas Hofstadter's views on consciousness. No, he's not successful because nobody is.
3: I think he is successful. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> Um. <laughs> this is like the episode episode sixty nine fight. It's it's like ants. The yeah. ants like like the whole way they do it. That's how we do it. Uh, Sean, uh, oh, this is an interesting question. If you could go back in time and forever halt the publication of one article, essay, or book in your respective field, <laughs> what would it be and why? Tamlers paper on uh, zombies. <laughs> 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 i probably read the first paragraph of it i i would i i would not like i stand by that like it's my most like my best philosophy it paper is of it, all it is time. like uh it it's is a real
1: philosophy probably paper. probably your only philosophy paper um <laughs> the uh, <laughs> i wrote it my first year in graduate school did you see by the way on twitter um my hilarious response to if you could go back what would you study and i said Tumblr would <laughs> study philosophy
3: <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> um, uh, it's true. Like I need to. Go, I need to get. <laughs> I need to do that. Um, but what would you
1: halt the publication of for reals?
3: I mean, obviously, like the easy answer would be like, don't say the critique of pure reason. <laughs> yeah, or metaphysics of morals. But <laughs> I will say, maybe Craft- Frankfurt, moral responsibility, and alternate possibilities. But I feel bad saying that because it's so. This was a paper in the free will field that there's nothing more to say about them, and there hasn't been, arguably, since Frankfurt did the paper. But maybe you know, maybe there was a little bit more to say about it because. But yeah, so I kind of I just think it's distracted people more. I would.
1: this, This is an interesting question that. There's a way in which um, it was very good that Daryl Bem's paper on ESP got published for the field because it led to a whole bunch of corrections um, about what we were doing. So Daryl Bem, a few years ago, published this paper purporting to show this sort of small effect on um, demonstrating ESP. Um, But basically, he was using all of the methods that were common to and considered to be rigorous for our own field and demonstrating something that is just f- impossible and uh because of that we were kind of tossed into this crisis of of about our science so there's a way in which like it was necessary but god man i wish it could have happened some other way <laughs> you know jeez, it was just a shit show
3: when you brought it up last time i thought it was um That he was doing it to make the point that statistics can be manipulated.
1: No, no, he wasn't. I mean, it would be great if, like, he and his memoirs wrote that this was all, like, one big joke. But no, he was really,
3: he really genuinely believed that he was showing something. Um, Oh, that was not the sense I got from last episode. That's interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some other papers like Leif Nelson and others, they actually did a paper sort of you know showing in a satirical way that you could demonstrate anything using p-hacking. So they actually did a paper where they purported to show that listening to certain songs made you younger.
3: It made you actually younger?
1: Yeah, so you, th- this is what this was a great demonstration like yeah, so you could show that, like, by dint of being placed randomly, random assignment in an experimental condition, could actually make people appear to have significantly
3: altered their age. Wait, um, appear to have altered their age? Like, yeah, they so look you, you show it?
1: No, 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 no. You actually show you actually that people, are younger? Yeah, people in this condition that they were randomly assigned like reported being thirty two or whatever, twenty one, and people in this yeah. randomly assigned condition reported being twenty eight. Right, wow. so you're showing an effect of the experiment, experimental manipulation on age. But you know the the whole point was to show that you can get almost anything if you p hack enough. Um, wow. So it was like a great demonstration. God, but yeah, no. you guys, we, yeah, you're fucked. We're, we're better now, but yeah. <laughs> it's slow and painful. <laughs> Craig Little says is torture justified under any circumstances? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, I mean, it sucks, but it's, if you got to save a billion people, I'd be all for it. A torture gets a bad rap, and I know that saying that is going to sound really controversial. But I actually think that most of the disagreement is on the empirical effectiveness of torture, um, right. and and I think that if we were convinced maybe that that it clearly would
3: save people, it's all it's also this abstract. I kind of respect that Christopher Hitchens like got himself waterboarded. Because mm-hmm. he was sort of in favor of waterboarding. But he wants to know what that actually means to be waterboarded. Yeah, you know? Most, def, most so def did the same thing. Yeah, he did? Yeah.
1: So yeah. really uncomfortable
3: video of him getting... All so- right, so this is a good one. How yeah. much criticism... This is from Camel Man? Do you both get from colleagues who don't get what you're doing with the podcast or who are easily offended Or who just have an underdeveloped sense of humor, any unjust accusations of sexism or racism, other uncomfortable moments. So none for the easily offended, just like literally not one single time from a colleague. Have you?
1: Um, Never. Uh, That's not to say that I don't have colleagues who they could. It could very well be that there are plenty of colleagues of mine who have been offended or something. But by and large i mean i've not gotten any criticism by and large anybody who cared to listen if they were offended they would probably just never even start listening any unjust accusations of sexism or racism
3: yeah like first of all they wouldn't be unjust they wouldn't
1: be unjust they would be totally right most of my colleagues as in the people in my university um would even listen Like this, prophet is without honor in his own land, as Jesus said.
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, I have certain colleagues that listen, but they're predisposed to be friendly towards I okay. That all that said, there are definitely people who don't think that this is the best use of my time. You know, well, it's definitely not. But (laughs) (laughs) they're right about it. But these people are (laughs) like they're real people, and they're completely right. (laughs) Yeah, but I actually I, think that they're just yeah.
1: mistaken. They're just slow to new media because they're uh, yeah, they're old. They're that. old and they're ignorant. Bitter. <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, um, no, but as in terms of just like
3: even Fuck as, you merit committee, like
1: <laughs> who wants full yeah. anyway?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who Wants full prevention. Um, uh, big salary increase. But I I think in
1: terms of – if you even have the goal as an academic to more widely be pedagogically valuable, like to to actually influence the way that people think about the world, um, then it turns out that this is way more efficient than publishing papers. Even though at the end of the day, like the counterfactual world in which I didn't do a podcast for fucking 200 hours or whatever we've recorded, um, I would have more papers. I just don't, I don't want that world.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I completely agree. I don't want that world where you have more papers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I already have so many. It's like, like, what do I want, a larger penis? (laughs) Physics is going to get in the way. Um, (laughs) Sarah Hall asks, um, the Wizard of Oz, by his own account, is a very bad wizard, but is he a good man? Um, Why do some very bad leaders think they're a good man? What is a good man? What is a very bad wizard? These questions haunt me. Um, that's probably because you've been falling asleep to the intro song. Everybody thinks that they're good. Um, I it's through weeping and gnashing of teeth that I admit, f- somewhat facetiously, but really I think genuinely that like I like I'm racist and sexist and homophobic because it t- the natural default is to think is to see your own intentions as dominating. Um, and most people have good intentions. Even very bad wizards have good intentions. Um, but that doesn't well, make what makes
3: good. a bad wizard? A bad
1: wizard is somebody like Tamler who doesn't understand the technology that he's working with. At the end of the day, the very bad wizard just couldn't work the machine right. <laughs> couldn't
3: figure out Linux.
1: <laughs> couldn't figure out Linux. It accused me of blocking his view <laughs> on his computer screen.
3: Well, your Skype thing gets in the way. <laughs> it gets in the way. It's clear,
1: and because I am the central sort of salient feature of that, it must be my fault.
3: My question, how is this the not the number one rated podcast on the planet? Congrats. That's because the partially examined life people are keeping us down. I mean, it's very Well, simple. I think Imagine it's a, v- it's a, v- a vast, yeah. vast
1: partially examined
3: life conspiracy. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Like, like, this guy, I, I don't think people understand. There's this guy on partially examined life, Mark something. He even told me. He has, like, a brother. Mark something. At, at um... <laughs> He has a brother that works at iTunes that that literally his job is to make sure that we don't get highly rated. I mean, we get highly rated, but... It's the only explanation.
1: It's really the the only only, explanation. It has to be. Um, But thank you. How much money would it take for Tamler to shoot an ad endorsing the Roomba or Dave to shoot an ad endorsing the quadruple bypass burger? There is a number. I'll say it that. I'll leave it at that. There is a number. It's a
3: small number. (laughs) Like the Roomba, I, I, like it's annoying, but I, I would, I would you, shoot an ad you. for it. I'll do it right now for tw- like fifty bucks. <laughs> fifty bucks. Yeah,
1: yeah. My price is higher, but that's because I'm a psychologist. What's we the get,
3: get quadruple paid.
1: bypass? Burger? I do not know, but just the fact that it sounds like a gross burger is enough to make my
3: price a little high. Okay. All right. So this is one of those. The premise of this question is wrong, James Kirkland. That By the way, the last question was Misha Adair. James Kirkland, how does Tamler justify the significant and substantial cost of innocent human lives and suffering caused by retributive criminal justice policy uh, through massively increased recidivism rates? So there's nothing I've said on this podcast (laughs) that suggests that I...
1: It may, yeah. I think maybe he's just confusing us because yeah. it
3: sounds more like something that I should get key of. That you would get, yeah. So um, you defend this because like, I obviously don't justify it.
1: You actually believe, weirdly, that all of these decisions should be made, like, put in the hands of Christian um, family members of the victims to forgive.
3: Well, I just think everybody should hug it
1: <laughs> hug, hug it out. It out. <laughs> hug it out. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you believe that they should be forced to hug it out with, like, somebody who <laughs> sexually assaulted them. Maybe this gets us to uh, this congrats from Madeline Paxson, who's yeah. not asking a question, but says, pick the most heated argument that <laughs> two of you have had on the podcast and then... Sorry, I got to slow down because, as
3: uh, yeah, somebody as, like yeah, somebody called you me out, for yeah. it's
1: true. I do read fast. In part, it it's good. A uh, a- it is. A, it's a failure to take the perspective of the listener, and I apologize. Uh, pick the most heated argument for the, the two of you have ever had on the podcast, and then re-debate the issue, only reversing position so that Tamler's arguing Dave's position and Dave's arguing Tamler's. Listeners vote to pick the winner. I. F- feel like we would turn into caricatures of ourselves. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I do, too. That would be kind of funny, though. It would be. I think that would be. That'd yeah, make for a good episode. Um, you have to get the dinosaur. Car, put that or... princess down right now. Bella, put it down, or I'm going to fucking smack you. Now, exactly. pick up that dinosaur and make it fight with that truck. <laughs> dinosaur fighting with the
1: truck. It's true. That, that is exactly what my, <laughs> what my arguments would have been. Yeah, why are you even arguing for there to be a reason? What reason? Why do you care about reason? Not everything has to be rational, and that's true, even though I don't believe in truth. That thing is true that I just said. <laughs> okay, so... Um, we should stop. We should stop. It's already way past. Twitter, email ones later. Let's end with this um, for now. Uh, and this is from the long email from Anne Sheil, who said, at the end of her very nice email, oh, said, God. Here's my question, and I really, really, really hope I'm not too late. You're not, in some earlier episode, you mentioned that you're not voting regularly. One of these things I got so worked about, up about that I was close to shouting at my phone, Are you going to vote in November? And that must have been directed at me because you, you, re- you yeah, vote. I like voting. No, I will get a sticker that says I voted, and I will wear that around. And, uh, and just, applaud myself for (laughs) not wasting (laughs) the time that it took to throw away a vote (laughs) because Hillary's going to take the state anyway um so you are going to vote for Hillary no you're not you're not even listening This is like the second time where like I've said a long
3: thing and you have not even listened on something else (laughs) what were you what did you say I said no you're not going to (laughs) vote no (laughs) why
1: um, because my vote won't make a difference.
3: Wait, really?
1: You you didn't hear what I said? I, no. I'm gonna get Say one of those again. I'm gonna get a sticker. I, th- I assumed
3: you said that you were. G- I, I know. I know. When you I'm, said gonna I'm gonna, a gonna st- get a sticker. I tuned out. I thought that meant that
1: you weren't gonna vote. No, 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 I first said I'm not gonna vote. I'm just gonna go steal one of those stickers and wear it
3: around proudly. <sighs> I told I feel like I feel and so much right now. Like it's that's because, so
1: ridiculous. It's because you have an irrational sort of commitment to the belief oh that the voting matters, and it's it's pretty clear. This is unbelievable. <laughs> it's pretty clear that my vote won't count. I know. am I, I should stop. I should stop trolling the audience. For, um, I, I, but are you serious though? Yeah, I'm. I'm I. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't I I hate I hate politics so much so that it pains me to. Uh, so
3: like you're cool with Trump winning?
1: No, let see. Th- this is one of those things where you say like, um, what what was the logic that took you there? What what's the
3: logic that took you there? You're a consequentialist. Wait, why? Because it? you think my vote won't make a difference, and it'll be like. I'll I'll get this little frisson of like Ooh, I beat the system by not voting. Are you saying that the reason that you,
1: that you vote is that you believe you believe that it doesn't make any difference at all? Yeah,
3: it's your duty. Like we're we're reversing positions here but i think it's like your duty as a citizen to vote and you just do it and you shut the fuck up about it and you don't like try to compute the odds of it making a difference or not you just
1: get I, out
2: there there's, and you vote
3: there's one thing that i agree
1: uh, uh that you just said and that is you should just shut the fuck up about it <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, all sa- it's all
3: sanctimonious and you're right that i didn't that i did <laughs> completely do now <laughs> Wait. i the, can't believe that you're not divorced <laughs> Well, you don't do that ever. <laughs> what? You, no, I'm very I, forgiving of other people I, I, who do that.
1: You judge based on intentions. You know that my intentions are okay. What? Well, read some some Twitter
3: stuff because I really gotta go to bed. This is N- name the most widely endorsed moral judgment you disagree with. Uh, voting. Yeah. So, are you gonna say the m- most widely endorsed moral judgment that you disagree with?
1: Voting. Yes. Yeah, <laughs>
3: I know. oh yeah, yeah that was this joke. is
1: uh that was it's, it's too raw for me right now <laughs>
3: too soon too soon. Uh, <laughs> i i guess my judgment is um justice is objective like i don't think i don't i disagree with that
1: right um you should have named your book relative
3: nothing so this was this is a good one to end with at liquid harm how much do you guys enjoy teaching philosophy, psychology versus actually doing research and writing? I'm much, and I, I I enjoy teaching way more, except grading, which I hate more than anything. Um, I give tests with Scantron sheets. <laughs>
1: so I have 800 <laughs> students. I don't hate grading. Um, I do hate organizing grades. Yeah, I'm way more mixed. I, I love them both, and teaching often because it's so. It's it's so devalued in in the sort of the kind of I mean it's, people still value it so it's not that people don't don't value teaching it's just that really um, what you are rewarded for in your career you know and being like at a, at a in a psychology department at a research university is not teaching so I actually sometimes resent the amount of time the teaching takes even though I really enjoy it. I can't say that I enjoy it more, say, than giving talks about my own
3: research or or getting published. Oh, well, giving talks is fun, but the yeah. writing—I just write. no,
1: the writing is not. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's a
3: bit it, brutal. It, yeah, it's brutal.
1: I'd rather lecture than write. Write, sort of sit there, actually like producing words. It's it's more that at the end of the day, would you rather have had three classes on your on your CV or a paper, and that's where my ambivalence comes in. Like I know that I could have spent my my time instead of answering emails from all of the students um, and writing rec letters and all that stuff. That, like
3: if I wanted to ease someone into very, this is from Artem. Cats, Chief, If I want to ease someone and Dad, very bad wizard. What episode would you recommend sending them to? This is what we'll end, and we'll, we'll we'll do some other ones on the next episode. But that's a really tough question. And one of the things
1: that we we have always um, sort of pointed out about our own judgment is that I I don't think it corresponds well to what episodes yeah. other people like. So what. I can say one of my favorite episodes, which probably wasn't for, for Tamler, was when we talked about robot w- robots and warfare. Um, but I don't have any good idea whether that's a good starting point. Forty-four killer robots. Um, so I think that to ease someone in, if by ease you mean that somebody who who needs to um, sort of get familiarized with our style and with maybe the content, I think like one of the what paul bloom movie episodes
3: or the like paul bloom number 42 that was my one that i would recommend people
1: yeah that's where <laughs> you know, we
3: talked about the clear the, the clear truth of what a transporter does to you yes so. yeah it's really hard for us to to recommend them i would take people to the movie episodes i love those episodes. so we get like some emails saying you should just make this movies and philosophy and psychology. it's about the same, right? We would get about yeah. the same about amount the same. of mail yeah. in both directions. They're like, like just, just do the classical fucking papers and stop right. doing this movie bullshit.
1: So I think and and maybe I'll just end with this. um one of the things that and I know I've mentioned this in the past, but when Templer first pitched the idea of doing a podcast, and I thought like uh, I don't yeah. think I don't think we could do this. I said, Maybe six episodes. I have about six topics in my head that I think we could discuss. Um, And those are the first, I guess, seven um, because some are two-parters. I think people probably like, but the Tamler and I can't stomach to listen to them. Um, because our audio was bad. We were newbies at the whole thing. And, um, I haven't, I certainly haven't listened to any in a long time.
3: I, I, I will listen to them as much as I'll listen to like episode 60. Like I, I just can't listen to any of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Well, you have to, cause you edit them. So,
3: but I mean, I can't listen to them now. Like yeah. I have to edit them when i edit them but then yeah. I'm and
1: then you just never listen to them like you miss yeah. every single beat and no, 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 every single little true. opening
3: <laughs> the that little opening not true in <laughs> fact <just> <laughs> I, like i actually make an effort to um to go back and listen to them i'm just yeah. fucking with you yeah um, um but, especially after that i elec- like the Electro company thing turned me you know that, the, that beat i was like holy shit that's awesome and then i made an effort to <laughs> Thank you. That was my
1: that was my pinnacle of beat making. Um,
3: uh, that uh, it's one of the mo- more popular beats that I've made. You can go to it's awesome. The VBW No Context Twitter feed, mm-hmm. which is very funny, and that it goes sometimes back to some of our early episodes. Yeah, I was f- way funnier then. It seems like I was funnier on those. Like I, mean, I think I've gotten less funny. I like, I didn't want to say any. I didn't want to say anything. But.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no i don't uh, <laughs> who the fuck knows you know i mean c- like clearly we had fresh material to work with like how many times have i brought up like the foot massage example you know like there's yeah. like a like there's right
0: <laughs> there's exactly. only so much we you used can used
1: our shit <laughs> we used up our shit we were once young and pretty
3: yeah exactly <laughs> um,
1: but i laugh a lot i'm not a good judge uh, of this But um, we certainly did have years and years of things that were probably built up that we let out in the first 10 episodes that we'll never. So go
3: back and listen to those. Those are probably funny. We Uh, can't do it, but you might enjoy it. (laughs)
1: maybe we'll come through and, and
3: we're about like we're pro- we're so close to two million episodes like we'll get in within by the weekend like i feel like oh, we so could just awesome. claim it because we had a year yeah. without statistics that's true so <laughs> we have two million downloads Two million. That's so cool two million that's, downloads we love all of you like that's so cool that you've done that and it's, we love hearing from you from all these different countries and all these different walks of life is awesome absolutely
0: more brains than you have. Pay no attention tonight, man. Anybody can have a brain. You're a very bad man. I'm a very good man. Just a very bad wizard.